Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. the second season of Mompreneurs, where we celebrate and learn from fabulous black women who are out here killing it as moms-in-chief, running both their households and their businesses. I'm your host, Nancy Red, and I come from a lovely lineage of black mompreneurs in Southern Virginia. I'm thrilled to present this intimate interview series that highlights inspiring and educational stories about how women are creating incredible opportunities and generational wealth for their families. But money isn't all this series is about. Balancing motherhood, mental health, and happiness is really important too. Now, if you looked up mompreneur in the dictionary, there should be a picture of Kalila Wright right there. Because when this brilliant architect became a mother with $500 and a very supportive family, she was soon able to kick her six-figure job to the curb and kicked her entrepreneurial dreams into high gear. She's the founder of Mess in a Bottle, which started off as a t-shirt company with a message on it sold in a reusable bottle. And now, with a whole lot of work and drive, it has evolved into much much more. I am so happy to be here with you. Thank this you. Is I'm honored. Oh Thank you goodness. so much, Nancy. I've followed your journey since the beginning, since you began this whole thing. And what I find really interesting is you always had business ideas, but it wasn't until you became a mom yeah. that you really started putting them into practice. Because things got really real then. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Tell me, what, tell me what that means to you. How did things get really real when you became a mother? So when I became a mom, I was just in a space where though I was, I had a nine to five and financially it felt like this was where, you know, I was trained to be because architecture was just always a career path that, that I chased even from high school. And it felt like this career and this thing that I wanted and, you know, I'm one of the only black women in a boardroom and in a business space and, you know, it was fulfilling, but it just didn't give me the purpose that I felt like I needed, especially entering into motherhood. It really felt like, you know, having a child made me realize I want to live my life on purpose and not just by, you know, what I think my career should be. And so starting my own business truly gave me that inspiration that I wanted to be able to give my son. So what's really fun is on this show, oftentimes people don't realize uh, that your first business isn't always the business that's going to be for you. So you had Caden, 2013, he's nine years old now. And you started a business while still working at Under Armour as an architect in 2014. It's not the business we're talking about now. It was a different type of business, right? Correct. So I started my first business in 2014, and it was a baby furniture company. And so I think having him really inspired me where I was like, I want to create these like heirloom items that you could repurpose. So I would go like diving into antique shops and like finding like old rocking chairs, repurpose them and make them into these like 
really, you know, modern baby items. And the company was called Lily Nash. And I was really excited about it, but I was like, I need to do a lot more rocking chairs to make the money the that ROI I was <laughs> on finding rocking chairs. And time. Is and not... that was it was time. We painted all the pieces, sanded all the pieces. It was a lot of work. And my son actually helped. Like we would build furniture, we would build, you know, antique things and you know, it was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of time and a lot of work. So you're still working at Under Armour at this point. You've got this baby, um, uh, baby furniture company. You're putting in all this work. And then at some point, though, the idea for Mess in a Bottle comes up, right? What happens? What was, the, what was the catalyst for you to go from baby furniture, which is a totally different animal, to T-shirts in a bottle? So what was the real ca the catalyst to really transitioning from my baby furniture company to Mess in a Bottle in 2015, an African-American male by the name of Freddie Gray died while in police custody. And it happened in my Baltimore City community. Literally, my son and I would be watching the news and our local CVS was burning down. That was one of the most, you know, gut-wrenching because at the time we've watched on television Eric Garner and other, you know, other males dying on television, other black men dying. And here you are with this little male. Exactly. As a black mom, you know, it was super impactful. And I was like, this is not the world that I want to live in. And I just felt like I needed a voice. I didn't know what to say. And I was going to work in a predominantly, you know, like in a space that just didn't understand what I was feeling, especially as a black woman, as a black mother. And so I decided like, I'm like, if I'm feeling like this and I'm very boisterous, I'm like, the rest of the world must feel like they don't know what to say. And I had colleagues who would come up to me and be like, what can I do? What can I, you know, are you okay? And I'm just like, it seems like we were all lost for words. And so I decided to create t-shirts with messages because I felt like the world and my community needed a message at that time. It felt like our voices were stifled. It felt like it was the unthinkable happening and it was now in my backyard. And as you said, I have a black son and I just was like, I need to be a part of that change. I needed to have a purpose. So the minute that I started like, saying these messages out loud, they clicked right away. And so here I was in architecture fighting for this profession and, you know, saying like, this is where I want to be because it felt like, you know, this is what I needed to do in stability within my career. And the minute I said something out loud, people were laughing. They're like, I relate to that. I get it. Yes, that's me. And sometimes it person would look nothing like me and they related so well they wanted to stand next to me in solidarity in the t-shirt in the t-shirt so that's the most important thing so you can you can have these feelings in your head but you don't know how to express them the t-shirt served as like a water cooler effect. it allowed you to say something without saying anything at all what was the first t-shirt message so one of our very first t-shirts were a black woman created this and even that alone, it had multiple meanings. You know, it had the meaning of I'm a black mom. It had that a black woman started this business. It had that a black woman generated, you know, the things that you are consuming right now. And so um, I think that the messages that we create, they have so many meanings and it is to start conversation. So Mess in a Bottle started from this 310 BC concept of receiving a message in the ocean. And so this is like the 21st century version of this message in a bottle. So much of a business 
revolves around branding. You can have the most incredible, powerful idea, but if it's not synthesized in a way that it can be given to the masses in a, in a, in a way they understand, it's almost impossible. Message in a bottle, mess in a bottle, is one of the most brilliant strategies I've ever seen for a t-shirt company, which is now being expanded into so much more, which we'll talk about that. Where did you, come, where did you have this aha moment? Where were you when you realized that mess in a bottle is the perfect name for your company? So funny enough, I was at a major department store and they sell, you know, kids wear, they sell glasses, bottles, everything. And I saw like this craft bottle, it had a wide mouth and you don't see too many like bottles that have like a large enough, you know, mouth for the bottles and they were glass. And I had the idea of message in a bottle, but of course we know that that's a very popular term. It's already trademarked in certain areas. And so I was just like, the world's a mess. Literally, I said that out loud. I was like, there's too much going on. Things are a mess. It's not perfect. And I was like, this is not just a message. It's a mess in a bottle. And I don't even think I knew also how much it would connect and resonate. And just even the designer in me, you know, like I'm more going back to the architecture side of things when I'm even thinking about the glass bottle, the shape of it, the top of it, you know, so all of the things that I've done, the experience, the experience and taking it out of the bottle, like just the all of it. That's the whole thing It's the experience that you created with this name, with this vision. Um, and I think that's what's so special about this. And the, you still had the furniture company. I did. You still were working your nine to five. I was. The world was still a mess. It is. Still. <laughs> it's still a mess now. Uh, but we at least have language to, to yeah. support how we feel about its messiness. Now, prior to this, you were fine just mm -hmm. with your side hustles and your job. You were living the technical dream as an immigrant, as a black woman. You had arrived. I was all right. I was doing just fine. <laughs> you were doing just fine. And then fine. I shook, shook my, whole, my own life up. So here you are. You've got this very young son. You've, you've got some companies that are doing fine. You've started this T-shirt company that hasn't made a profit yet. You're not profitable with Correct. the T-shirt company. It's 2016. But yet, you are determined that you, you can do this. You quit your job. Yep. So probably one month after really kicking mess in a bottle off, I just was like, it's time. And it wasn't just me saying it was time. I think Under Armour also, you know, realized like something's going on with her, you know, like she's not fulfilled. And, you know, though I could have stayed longer and probably balanced it more, I just was like, I was going home and starting to, you know, and when I was at my desk, I was literally sketching out, writing. I was more enthusiastic about creating a new life for myself than the existing life that I had. So I just told myself, I said, bet on yourself in this season. I'm like, look, if you could survive 365 days, I'll give you 365 more. And that's been my motto since. It's just like, if you can make money, sustain. And my biggest thing was keeping a roof over my son and I's head, making sure I had a cell phone for me to be able to communicate, and also food on the table. Those were my three stipulations to myself. And I'm like, and if you could comfortably do that, I'll let you do 365 more. So at what point, so you've quit your job a month after starting. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Messing the bottle with just $500 and some Craigslist equipment. How long did it take before you realized this was not a mistake? Well, it took a while for me to realize it wasn't a mistake. I had to drive Uber sometimes at night. I had to, you know, and I had a very young child. And so I was like, am I putting myself in danger? Baltimore City, I'm driving an yeah, Uber. Yeah, that's legit. You know, and it was real. Like, I, I received, like, a repossession for my car at one point. You know, so I don't want to make this, like, that this was, a, you know, the Cinderella story where it's like, I quit my job and voila, you know, amazing things happened. Um, it was it was a journey. And I tell other mompreneurs who are, you know, just trying to follow their dream, you know, you have to almost know for yourself what that journey might look like and feel like. And what's your breaking point? Like, I know some friends, like, they wouldn't be okay with, like, a repossession letter coming or someone, you know, like, you're dodging and trying to figure out, like, how to make this work. But for me, I just knew that there was some, like, something was pulling me from the moment that I left my job, you know, or my nine to five. I just knew knew that I had a bigger purpose. So, you know, I fought through it. I was able to like, you know, go down and try to get some government funding while I was like in limbo and trying to figure things out. So it took a couple of months, weeks, years for it to really sustain and for me to really feel like I could live off of this. I could survive off of this. What was that moment? that you realized I can live and survive off of this. What it took it took a while for me to really I would say a turning point so one year, literally one the year. The 365 days. The 365 days and I could have get, given up at that point because it was it was a hard year. So one year almost to date after leaving my 9 to 5, I pitched and like shot my shot and I was on national television with Mark Cuban. And that was major for me because I think that if I was still at my nine to five, not that I would have been comfortable, but I probably wouldn't have like took that chance. I probably wouldn't have known. And I'm definitely the type of mompreneur that I put my name in a hat. I don't know if I'm going to be selected. My company had only been around for a year. I had no idea, you know, what it was going. We didn't even know who the entrepreneur was that was going to be featured it on this television someone show. Janky. Had no idea. <laughs> like a friend of mine called another mompreneur. And she said, girl, she was a mommy blogger. And I remember back then, like, mommy blogging was really big. And she hit me up and she was like, girl, I have this opportunity. I don't know who's going to be on a show, but you should pitch. I put my name in a hat. I showed up to New York City. This was the first time also that I was like flewed out. I was, I had a, you know, a SUV pick yeah, me up. put up in a hotel. Listen, they had my <laughs> name on a piece of paper. I said, oh, this the life. It was, it was a sign. <laughs> it was. And it motivated me to want that more. Because it motivated me to say, I want this again. And that really fueled me because I had no idea what that looked like and what that felt like. So the fact that I was able to now have like this experience and be on national television with a 
huge entrepreneur pitching my business, talking about my company that's almost only been around for like one year, it was like, oh, you got this. You got another 365. Oh, I'm giving you that one. You did that. So you came home from that experience renewed with with positive vibes surrounding mess in a bottle. Uh Uh-huh. How did that affect the next 365? I got sick. Of course. I received tons of orders, didn't know what to do with it, and got sick. Like just ended up on a couch, not feeling well because I'm trying to maneuver. And like it wasn't terrible, but it was like, ooh. And then I also, not just getting sick, but it was like, this customer service is horrible because it was just oh, me. No. So it was honestly like those are the things that you go through because I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what it looked like to be on national television. I didn't know people were going to really go to the website and start to well, order. And I remember on Instagram, because again, I'm a, I'm a super fan. You would have to say, look, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. We're well, in the streets. <laughs> you know, so it took a while. So that those type of things happen like through the years. Like there, there's so many you know, like just nuances to become it. People don't understand going from zero to 100 really quick can be as good and as bad as, you know, like you think that it's success, but it really can hurt you in so many different ways, because especially if, you if you're not the ready. repeat business and also getting the supply. Oh, One thing you've said is it's easy to start a business with no money, but it's not possible to grow it. So or you were in this limbo mm-hmm. where you still were not profitable. You weren't able to sustain the business, but now you had all this interest and you're only a one-woman show. Yeah. So probably shortly after that, I had to hire my first employee. And so that was interesting because my business started in my real home. So again, trusting someone to come into my space, come into my house. And so my son's bedroom became this place where there was boxes everywhere, you know, but he became a huge part of my entrepreneur journey. He was packaging things with me. You know, we were pressing stuff together. He was passing things to me, you know, so it became literally this mom and son, you know, thing that I had no idea again that would be so fulfilling for me and for him right and for him to see those things and one of the fun things is your son's bedroom kind of became a litmus test for the success of the business because eventually you outgrew the bedroom definitely outgrew the bedroom after some time and when you saw that then you were able to kind of look at the numbers and say Mm -hmm. "Hmm." something's happening here yeah for sure what would happen so so how did you go from your son's bedroom to the leap to a storefront yeah So I decided, I was just like, I don't know how much I could function anymore in my house. And plus, I wanted to hire more people. And it just wasn't a conducive environment to have like everyone coming to my house and shipping. It was just not big enough. So I decided to get a really small retail space. And, you know, and I just, and it felt good because now it felt like this is a real job. You know, now I'm actually going somewhere. I'm working, you know, my own nine to five. And, you know, and I created a routine picking him up from daycare. And, you know, so I think that things started to more level out at that point because now I am really being a mompreneur, you know, picking up from school, coming to my shop, navigating beginning employees, things like that. So it started to feel real. At this point, had you replicated your income from your previous nine to five by the time you got to the store or was that still in the horizon? Yeah, not yet. Like I was still like, I wasn't struggling anymore as much, but it definitely wasn't giving me a six figure income and I wasn't, you know, but I was 
was making do. And, you know, I was very conservative in the beginning, not trying to hire too many people, not trying to like too large of a space, you know, so I was very conservative and I was definitely still operating very lean when I first started. So lean that you were your own publicity machine. For sure. And it really paid off. Like, so again, like mommy blogging and a lot of like mom events. And because I could relate in those areas and women and black women and sisterly vibes were happening during those times. So I would go to a lot of like women empowerment events. And so as I went to things like that, you know, people were really just like they didn't even know who the person was behind messing a bottle so i would wear my jackets i would wear you know and the really amazing thing is because of how the t-shirts are packaged i was able to like give them away a lot and people were very intrigued by it it wasn't just like oh a t-shirt with words on it it's like this whole experience so they were very like oh what's that so any event that i would go to literally i'm walking around with like a little suitcase or i'm trying to see you know what dressing room can i sneak you know, next to, and who can I give this to that's going to actually wear my message? And I think what your tenacity shows is just if you build it, they won't necessarily come. You got to take it to them and they might bite. Oh, for sure. So you got to go after it. We've got right here, you're one of the only people who brought some of their merch to this conversation, which I think is really brilliant. And that's how, with my jacket right here, <laughs> you ended up being able to really move to the next level yes. of messing the bottle, being out of the bottle and literally on people internationally. Correct. Yeah. So talk to us about that moment where you wore this jacket and you had, you're, one of the things that's interesting about you, you're a manifester. <laughs> I would, would you call yourself a manifester? I would, yeah. You, 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 you set goals. You set goals, no matter how absurd, McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba they are or especially specific no matter how absurd or specific they are uh one of your goals was to reach a specific person with this t uh, with with some of your t-shirts and clothing right yep who was the first celebrity that you targeted so there has been numerous people who have wore mess in a bottle and i've been so grateful but one of the people who first wore mess in a bottle was serena williams and it was an insane kind of, you know, um, meeting and how it happened because, so I actually met or saw, I didn't really meet her, but I've, I saw Serena Williams, maybe, and no one, I haven't really shared this story publicly. And so I saw Serena Williams a couple years into starting my business. And it was actually at a very popular like mom event. And at the time she was pregnant with her daughter. And so it was so funny because I saw her and I kind of did my, I waited outside like a dressing room for super long. And I was kind of like, very creepy outside. So they're looking like, what is happening here, right? And I don't, I don't know this. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm just trying to get my product. You know, I'm just trying to navigate this. So I'm just like hanging out outside her, her dressing room looking super weird. And finally they come out, um, her and her PR person, and, they, and I'm like, hi, Serena, I have something for you. And they're like, no. And they rush her away. And I was so like, 
oh no. And you know, like I felt like I did something so horrible. And so I was a little like disappointed, but then like months later, I read a story where like someone was almost trying to like attack her and she's pregnant. So they were super on high alert and they wouldn't let people. And I didn't really, of course, you know, but now, and then especially as a mom, I was like, oh, I got it. So that, you know, um, exchange happened. And I was just like, I'm always like, if it's meant to be, it will be. And a couple of months later, Bozma St. John, who is a huge, you know, supporter and amazing person, and she loves Mess in a Bottle. She wore Mess in a Bottle and she wore my jacket. And Serena is huge and great friends with her. And so I just read in Harper's Bazaar magazine, Serena Williams is at Wilmington and she is walking through the streets and she has on a jacket that says, Queen, don't be afraid to rule like a king. And I was like, that's my jacket. <laughs> and I, and then I, you know, and then her publicist, even before I read that, her PR person, like I got this random order and it was for like maybe 25 jackets, which at the time was like the biggest order I've ever received. And they were all going to Beverly Hills. And again, <laughs> I was a you know solo mompreneur at the time. Did you even have twenty five of the jackets? I had it, but I was doing them by myself, like letter by letter, and you know, like so. I you know when she when I saw this order, I was like, oh, this is somebody. This gotta be someone, and I didn't know who it was because of course it didn't have Serena Williams on it. So I ended up like calling the person's number because they had it for Express. So I called and I was like, hey. Um, I would love to send these, but I need a couple of days. And they were like, oh, take your time, whatever. And, you know, she said, you know who this is for, right? And I was like, no. She said, Serena Williams ordered this for her entire family. And I was just like, what? Are you Serena, Serena, my Serena? And tennis Serena? Serena, who thought I was a creep? Okay. And she probably knows <laughs> no person of this and story. And that's why you can't take any of this personally. You, you can't. You persevere. You can't. And so that in itself, I was like, oh, I'm on. 365 more to go. <laughs> I love it. So that actually was a big turning point for you. It was. Because when you have that validation... The world follows. And now, is that the right way to live? That's irrelevant. But right. having the celebrity validation brings the masses. At this point, were you more equipped with your team to take on the influx of orders that would come? So I was learning. You know, what I realized, especially about entrepreneurship, I'm an architect. I'm a designer. I'm not a business owner. I was thrown into having a business. And so I think that through the years, I've learned and also forgiven myself about what I don't know as a business owner. I'm like, I didn't go to school for an MBA. I went to school for a master's in architecture. You know, so things that would become a little bit difficult through entrepreneurship and hiring. I mean, yes, our processes got better, but it honestly took time. It took a lot of time because that just wasn't a world that I was truly versed in and really understood what to do as a business owner, understanding your finances, understanding the money. This was the first time that I'm seeing all these, this money, my, my account was negative before this. So seeing all this money, that's actually mine or is it, you know, like taxes? I don't know, you know, like, so I had to figure all of this out and it took some time. And, you know, so I had to forgive myself like, all right, you didn't know yet, but now, you know, so do the right things. I think forgiveness, especially for black women is such a hard thing because I mean, I myself am very difficult 
on myself. I'm easy on everybody else but me. And do you ever suffer from inferiority complex? Or you said you've had to learn how to forgive yourself. At first, did you take it personal? Did you mm-hmm. did you really look at it as, um, did you feel bad about the mistakes? Because I think that holds a lot of us back. We're so afraid of making mistakes or, or messing stuff up, especially for our families. I tell myself all the time, you can't mitigate the mess. The mess is going to happen no matter what. And I think that a lot of the times we try to be so careful and don't allow the mess to happen that you make a bigger mess. So for me, I've learned over the years, like the mess is going to happen. Now figure out how you'll get yourself out of the mess. And that has been like probably for the last couple of years how I've operated because I'm like, you can't resolve or fix or know, like I don't have visions to be like, oh, wait, don't step in that puddle. You know, so I think that I've gotten to a place where I'm just like, things are going to happen. Like I can't control them. And I think that maybe at one point in my, you know, career in China, there might've been a lot of like control and ownership and, and, you know, and things would just happen outside of my control. And I'm like, okay, now you know better, do better. Or, you know, now you know that these things can happen. How do you fix it for next year? And I just think that this whole life process, not just being a mom mompreneur, but this life process is literally about just the ebbs and flows, the change, the things that's going to happen. Like life is going to life. And I'm just like, you have to figure out how you're going to live through it. One of the things on that is your latest design, um, which is, are you the mess? Asking yourself, are you the mess? Which I think is a very important question. Like the work you have to do to, to be as, as, clear-headed as you are right now with it is, is, is very difficult. How did you do all of this while holding down your, your son and holding down this business? How did, you, how did you get here? Because it's very difficult, especially with all of the stress on you. It took me a really long time to get to this like place of, I don't know if I want to, it is peace, like this peaceful place. Um, And it took a long time because there's so many things along this journey. I think that even just as a mom, you, you know, like you think about, oh, I want to be able to go to the school play or I want to be able to go to, you know, certain things. And then you have to pick business instead of guilt. Yeah. It's a lot of things that, again, that forgiveness. And, you know, I had to just really remind myself, like, one, I'm trying to build a, a future for my son, and I want him to be able to see certain things, understand certain things. So I've been to events or, you know, I had to participate in things work-wise that I missed his birthday last year. And at first I was just like, do I, you know, I felt a lot of guilt about that. But again, I had to tell myself, like, I'm doing something great and for good reasons. And he understands, like, we got, God willing, a whole lot more more birthdays and you know look shoot he's been to Paris we've done we've done a whole lot together and so I just know for the life that I want to afford myself and even for him and just for him to also see like you said in the beginning it's not just about the financial things it's about the experience and so I want him to be able to you know see me navigate and not feel like you can't pick peace. And I think that as I'm building a business, I'm also not just choosing the business anymore. I'm choosing me. So I choose me. I'm the type of mom and mompreneur that I even choose me over my son. 
And some people may feel that that's selfish. And I know, and I had to also forgive myself for that because some moms, they're like, oh, I would never, like my children are, they navigate my road. If I'm good, he's great. If I'm not good, he can't ever be great. So I decide when I'm like, I need a break, I need a trip, I need a whatever, and I take it because I can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So I don't live for him. I live for me as a woman and as a mom because that will make him better. You know, my dad died when I was four, and after he passed away, my mom had to become an entrepreneur. And the one thing that she encouraged me to always remember when I became a mother is she said, you always have to make sure there's something in it for you. Because if, if you aren't satisfied, it trickles down. So I, I fully agree with this. And, and that's an interesting aspect of why I do this. Because some people who don't have an entrepreneurial spirit might think, well, I mean, why didn't you just stay at the job? I mean, good Lord, it seems like you've made things more difficult for yourself by going on this path. But have you? Because when we talk about mental health and when we talk about the, the future for your child, uh, do you do you feel that you've made the right choices in thinking about the long term? Because the short term gain, of course, perhaps it would have been easier just to stay mm -hmm. at your architectural job. Um, but for the long term, talk to us about what being a mompreneur means to you in that context. There's a lot of misconception where being an entrepreneur and mompreneur that people feel like, oh, you create your own schedule, you could do what you want, you know, life is just so peachy. And I'm like, it does provide a level of flexibility, which I think is so great. So like even recently, I run. I run marathons, which oh, wow. is just ridiculous for no reason, running for hours, but whatever. Um, and so I run marathons, and I realized the other morning I was able to wake up, and it was about 10 a.m., and I was just like, I'm going for a run. And I was just like, Dag, you are fortunate to be able to set your schedule, be able to say to yourself, like, I'm like, people are at their jobs right now. They've already turned the computers on. They've already got busy. And you they here, already got stressed. Look, and you here, <laughs> la, 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 running through the neighborhood, enjoying life, you know? And my son was already at school. And I was just like, wow, you know, like if I'm not, and, but it does take time even as a mompreneur, you know, for you to get to that level of like sort of freedom. You know, I have to, I'm able to choose me within this. I'm able now, and this took You've a long invested. time. Yeah, this took some time because I think that prior to this, I felt like I had to chase everything. But now I'm in a great space where I'm okay with saying no, that I can't make it, that I won't do it. You know, I choose, I'm selective now on what I want to do because McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I've busted my butt for the last seven years and I was chasing everything. And now I'm like, mm-mm. So you can really look at it as it's delays, not denials, right? Because you have been given this opportunity to create a life where at your age, you can run in the middle of the day and feel free. But that wasn't how it was for many, many years. Yeah. I busted my butt for like the last seven years and now I'm able to be selective. I'm able to say no to things and it feels good, you know, and I don't think that even 
you know, a couple years ago, I wouldn't choose me. I would choose what I thought like career wise or even just for the growth of my business. And I realized like, I don't know what clicked, but I just was like, I can't do it. It's as bad as your nine to five. Like if you let it, you know, because then you're chasing something still. And so I just was like, I didn't go into entrepreneurship to really still not feel fulfilled and be happy. And so I had to assess that for myself. I love that. I think that's the whole crux of it. You did this so you could be free. You could be the mom. You could be the woman you wanted to be and, and make your own decisions. And when we're looking at this, now you're making these choices. So where is mess now? What would you say um, is happening in the company? Mess is transitioning, mess is transforming, mess is growing. You know, I think, again, we're at seven years, things have changed, I'm choosing me. There's things that's happened, employees are transitioning, you know, we've had a huge pandemic that has shifted so much in our world and personal lives. Um, so I just think that mess now, I'm just trying to grow it so it doesn't need me. It's, it's becoming a teenager soon. And it's in its preteens. <laughs> and it's my baby. It's growing up. And I think that, you know, like right now, I want to spend more time with my son. I want to, you know, think more about family and what things are next for me and just as a woman. And, you know, I think that messes, you know, is graduating. It's, it's, getting, it's, it's getting out of junior high school soon. What is the most lucrative aspect of mess? Which, which product that you sell is the, the one that is gangbusters? We have a t-shirt that says, as strong as the woman next to me. And it's literally the shirt that sells like hundreds and thousands a year. Um, and I think that because it's so universal, the message, and it speaks to so many different things. A man can wear it and feels, feel like he's supporting a woman. A child can wear it and feel feel like they're as strong as their mom or grandma. And so, you know, it doesn't have color. It doesn't have age. It's, it's such a impactful message. And that is definitely the one that everyone loves. And who, how did that idea come to you? The idea of as strong as the woman next to me came because we had, um, it was Women's History Month. And I started just looking at the women around me and I knew that I had to really come up with a powerful message. And I was just sketching, writing, thinking of different messages and phrases, and it just came out. I'm as strong as the woman next to me. And that is how the, the message was developed. I love it. So this is the fun thing. A lot of people don't really, you're listening to yourself and you, you believe in your intuition. What is your advice to someone listening here um, who would like to do what you're doing, maybe not in t-shirts, because if, if they want to do it in your world, you actually have, you have a little incubator help, right, for people who want to do what you do with t-shirts, right? Right, we have the tea class, so we teach other entrepreneurs, mompreneurs, how to start their own t-shirt company. You know, I know that other women and other people want to figure out how to build a business outside of maybe what they have going on, so that's what the tea class does. That's what's really fun, because one thing about being a, a black entrepreneur, and a mompreneur in particular, is oftentimes you're siloed, so mm -hmm. you don't have these communities, and one thing that I know that you promote is connecting with people who can help you not make the mistakes that they made, and that's, <laughs> that's we each one reach one. That's why we're doing this series to right. help women 
who want to do stuff kind of not make the mistakes or avoid the problems that um, that you had to deal with. Like I'm sure in this t-shirt um, incubator where you're helping people, you help them avoid having to go get their their t-shirts from Target. Right. Like you used to paying all that money. Yep. You explain, wait, there's a better way. Yeah. You, you can do this. Yeah, I don't want people to embark on a mess that I've already made. <laughs> like they can, you know, like they can learn from it. They can, you know, and I want, they're going to make their own mess, which is fine, but I want to help them to not, you know, waste money and waste time. So, and you're also meeting them where they are. Uh, one thing that's important when you're starting, but like we said before, you can start a business with no money, but you can't grow it or sustain it. And when we see business ventures in the media, people are often talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. You're like, nah. Sometimes you just need an extra thousand or two yep. to stay afloat. And you really preached un, untraditional ways of getting funding, right? To mm -hmm. get working capital. Yep. And right now, especially for black women, I feel like there are so many opportunities in which, you know, you can gain funding, pitch for your business. And I think because of certain things with the economy, like there's just there's a slew of creative ways in which you can get funding for your business. Do you have any other final words of wisdom for someone watching this and said, okay, all right, I'm kind of interested in taking this leap. I'm still a little nervous. I still don't know if I can do what she does, but I would like to try. The words of advice that I would give to any budding mompreneurs is failure is progress. It's one of my favorite messages because I think it encourages it encourages us to just get started and know that this, ro this road and this journey is not going to be easy. You want to just start and just know that you may trip, you may fall, it may not work out, it may be something that you have to pivot and transition through, but I would just really recommend to start. I had no idea the amazingness that I was going to create. I had no idea my 365 days would turn into seven years. And I had no idea how proud my son would be of me today. And not just your son. We're all proud of you. Thank you know, you. this is an incredible accomplishment, a wonderful business full of very fun messages that aren't messy. <laughs> Unless you want them to be. Right. <laughs> it gives I, a little mess. It, it gives a little, a little mess. But well, that's the, in that life, right? So thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you thank and your you. wisdom and your brilliance and your passion. Because what is life without it? Do you ever wonder what you'd be if you just stayed at your boring job? Still amazing. Still fab. Still a mom. No. You know, I, I think that this journey, I'm so convinced that you are always where you're supposed to be. It's never a mistake. So if I was there, I'm sure something was amazing would still be happening because that is where I would have been destined to be. But I'm here instead. And you're here with me. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you. For more information, visit Mess in a Bottle on social and also follow Kalila at Owner of Mess on Instagram. This has been another episode of Mompreneurs. Watch on MadamNoir.com and listen and follow Mompreneurs wherever you get your podcasts and on UrbanOnePodcasts.com.